do it, I think. Maybe about Got 14 hours of potential recording time on there. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. You can totally talk for 14 hours. I could definitely <laughs> talk for 14 hours. Honestly, you every not, maybe you, you probably fit 14 hours in like 20 minutes. Uh, with I think the every rate at, with your words per minute is yeah, like probably, is pretty. Dubs PM. I, I think every time I've done this, I feel like it could go on for 14 hours, potentially, which is the which is great. That's a great thing. On a lean, try to be as relaxed as possible. <laughs> Um, you could just take it out of the chair. No, but then I have to hold it. I'm not, so. fu- I'm not fucking doing that. No, yeah. Um, cool. What's up? I'm hanging out with uh with coffin salesman. Mister Arya Rad is making his triumphant return to the podcast. So Ooh. he's been on it before. Twice. Once I think. with uh yeah with Live Nude Girls and Michael Kane. You just you hung out for Michael Kane too. Yes, I did. He co-hosted. That yeah, he co-hosted yeah. that one. Is that, is that what we're calling it? And yeah. and and now he's back. Uh, with his band Coffin Salesman. Uh, most of the band is here, not all of the band. That's correct. Uh, but Just the important ones. <laughs> Ken <laughs> and Kumi are here as we've, well. We've played in this configuration before. Yeah. This is, this is like one we've, person we've short got, of like, swap one out and you have like a KCUF show. <laughs> yeah, we've got... Yeah. You could probably play all Chris's parts. We've got yeah, drums and guitars do. and vocals and slash accordion slash several... What all instruments do you play? Uh, I, st- I don't think I've ever seen you play anything besides guitar and accordion. Yeah, and those are pretty much the only two that I do, like in front of people. But at my house, I got a whole mess of stuff. <laughs> he, but it's always like stands, if I'm like in front in of room. the mirror with like saxophone. He's yeah. done full I, tours as a banjo player. Like, I don't let, do anything let, else let, in front let, of let the record. Else, let the record show. He's myself. also been on tour as a banjo player. Yeah, I mean, like if so I'm to like, say you don't do that in front of people is yeah. a bit disingenuous. People don't matter. Um, Ooh, ouch, I saw those shows. <laughs> I, I stand by what I said. Okay. Uh, no, like those are the only like two that I pretty much play. I mean, for the longest time, I did the accordion thing with like the Swagger Growlers, and then uh, like Bits and Bobs, and then I joined this other band, Time and Place, and I was doing that with them. And then they went full electric, and they're like, "Hey, we're gonna do guitar." So I was like, "Oh, cool, I'll do that." And that's been kind of the only thing I've been doing for like the past year. And you're you're still playing in time and place, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, they just put a great new split with blame shifters. That's, that's fucking uh, red. It's available on the. Internet. It's called it's really split nice. with an exclamation point at the end. It's just called split. Yeah, it's on Bandcamp as split because we didn't know a, how to do it's it. It's a political cool. statement. Yeah, <laughs> clearly. Yeah, truly, clearly a, a, nation, very, a nation divided. A very succinct, by default, with the exclamation point. Yeah, that's how it works. Um. And you guys, but you, you guys, you and Arya have been playing music together yeah, on, a, on for, and off for also I think for a long time. I mean, right? I guess they're kind of like bookended with like a big gap of nothing in the middle. But if we're counting that, then like about, about 10 years. Yeah. So I met Ryan Kumi. Uh, he used to play in a band called Redline Rebels. And um, one day we, I, when I was very young, I played a show with Redline Rebels. And then after meeting them, I was asked to fill in for a gig. And so I, that was the first time me and Kumi really hung out. We uh, were at a practice space together with a snake. And then... Um, that sounds hot. Recently. Yeah, yeah, no, it was... Kaiser the Python. With an actual snake? Yeah, yeah so the music, uh, formerly the building that hosted the music gym in Austin had a room for the snake that lived there. Yeah. Kaiser? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You'd like go down and be like, oh, you guys are in like the snake room. 
It was, like, it was quite what? intimidating, yeah. yeah. That was my first like practice. It, like, it just, like, like, there was just a legit, like, a tank. Yeah, yeah. It was, like, in... So the music gym was a, a, an awesome little spot that, like, sadly no longer exists. But when you went in there, it was a friend of ours named Zana Callahan who uh, used to do, like, the room booking there as, like, a side job when she was way younger. And um, you would go in there and, like, you'd figure out whatever room you were in. And then one day, Redline Rebels went in there and we were like, oh, you guys are in the snake room. And it's, like, the little basement space they had. Mm-hmm. And so we went in there and, like, they had, like, kind of, like, busted up amps and stuff like that. And you could go in and just kind of set up and play. And we noticed that this room had a little door, like, down in a little basement space. And it had a little window. We're like, why is this called a snake room? We kind of poke our heads in it, and you see, like, inside this little closet space is just a, a goddamn python. Uh, in Jesus. in hindsight, I think, looking back, I think I all, it was always destined to come to something of us doing something weird. Because I remember you were playing this blues progression that... You're like, yeah, I picked this up from some like drifter kid, and now I play this all the time. And it's just like we're in the in like in between songs of all this like very um, grimy hardcore punk thing. Then it's just like every between every song, he's like riffing on this blues thing, hmm. and I'm like, oh, okay. And so I think maybe that planted the seed. Yeah. And so then uh, a couple of years ago, um, I was doing a solo EP, and I called Kumi to come record some accordion on it since everyone around here calls him to record accordion on it because they don't know anyone else who plays accordion get that and market it, locked it, down it gets it yeah. gets it gets you to look, look cool you feel does cool. that suck after a while though yeah it totally does because I, I i would imagine that it totally does it's, it's like it's yeah i've got this market corner it's really yeah. cool but also like everyone's just hitting you up it's like being a fiddle player or like a like you know just some of those like more like those instruments that like i would imagine even banjo too like there's not that many banjo players around you know what i mean like i know trainer can play banjo yeah but like if i wanted to record banjo on a record very limited number of people i could call it's a very limited number of people i call if i wanted fiddle on a record yeah you know i've gotten to make i was lucky enough to be able to make a bunch of boston bands like records marginally worse over the years (laughs) and so like through that it's always fun like you get to have something to do at all times but then after a while you're like let's fucking call accordion dude i'm like oh i, I do well, other like, stuff you're it's the token like, you're the token accordion it's like player. you want to be cool <laughs> for half like everybody obviously <laughs> oh, like it's a valuable talent it's a valuable skill a valuable talent like everybody is gonna be like i think it's cool because it's not necessarily an easy instrument to play and it's kind of a unique instrument to play and all that stuff and it's just not very common but then like at the same time i could also understand totally not wanting to be known as just like yeah, the accordion yeah. guy like it's like i can play other stuff too you know yeah. or like you know I mean, if, it's also if, if that's not your main instrument or if like you're more like you enjoy playing other instruments more if you enjoy playing guitar more or doing whatever else like mm-hmm. being kind of like fucking i don't want to get known be known as fucking like just the accordion guy that everybody yeah calls, totally you know but yeah, so um, he came in to record this at the time, this solo EP I was working on because I've been starting to like, play solo acoustic around. And I was like, okay, I have these songs. I want to do an EP. And so I called him. He hadn't heard any of them before, really, I don't think. We didn't practice. We didn't rehearse. We didn't arrange Yeah, I don't parts. think so. And so he just came for like half a day and laid down accordion really on just one song, I think. And then he play- I also played piano on a song, which he doesn't play. Um, but he's also played piano on multiple records. Uh, so there's that. <laughs> shout, out, shout out to Michael Kane for keeping yeah. yes. the worst, the worst single worst thing I've ever recorded. 
Hey, it works on the record. It though. does work. They doesn't, mixed it doesn't in play in piano, but he's played piano on many yeah. records. Yeah, he actually so the piano part he recorded, he actually recorded like two different piano parts, and they both kind of play at the same time, and it's kind of really wonky, weird, but I think it sounds kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of the start of the project and kind of like the first thing we did. It was Gen um, One. Yeah, we did like the that first EP. Um. And then that's maybe like two years ago. So we've been on, it's been slowly ramping up over time. Has it been, has it been two years? I think it's been about two years. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was just like, I was actually kind of thinking of that, thinking that on the way over, like how long has this officially been a thing? Cause like, Uh, I have the CD in my car. The the first one. It was two years ago when we recorded that. Um, but the first show that we played as coffin salesman, Titled as such was in March of 2017, so it's really only been like a year and a half. Yeah, yeah. of the thing. Um, well, there was that we did. We did our the first show we played together because I was kind of testing out. Cause it's like yeah. you kind of want to like feel people out. It's like, hey, you want to come jam? You kind of want to get them to like stay around. So we played this. Um, the first after we recorded that EP, we played this Thanksgiving Eve show um, in Worcester. And had a really nice time. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Hotel and then, Vernon. Yeah, and that became the start of us doing a lot of duo shows yeah. as coffin salesmen over last year. And then at some point, Ken came and pulled. I don't know if I called you or if you called me or if it just kind of happened. You just happened to be at the space. Uh, because we'll call him there. We'll call him there. Sure. Yeah. And I don't know. Do you remember? <clears throat> Not really. I mean, I think considering the amount of people that rotate through that space, it's very likely that you probably were. Yeah. Well, no, there was definitely the intentional. The amount of overlap. With there, there was definitely an intentional day that we planned that we were all there. But at that point, it was still kind of like intended to be kind of like a quote-unquote singer-songwriter style band. Like light drums, accordion, maybe fill it out with some bass when we found the right person. Yeah, what happened? And then things just escalated. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I mean, like we had all these... Um, Kind of like, I I do remember thinking that that's what I was signing up for. Yeah, I, mean, I definitely remember that I, I thought, thought I was signing up for like singer song, yeah, like, which is nice. It's like relaxed, weird, you know, like, like, t- like I was like, yeah. I'm gonna have to buy some small drums yeah. and like do some weird shit. Like, well, coincidentally, we all we also done that. Yeah, I mean, good on you for finding a way to keep the thunder tube from like that being your idea yeah to now still using the yeah. goddamn thunder tube definitely never so, so ken has some unique percussion i think items finding a place for that well let me tell you something that yeah. thunder tube has been around well i don't know if it's that exact specific one but there has been a thunder tube around for a very long oh, time. oh no i'm not i'm not saying it has i'm talking been. like a good mom 15 years i mean it's been it's been mom and dad mom family. and dad got mom and dad put it in my Stocking it was a Christmas, for like Christmas. It was a Christmas gift. A stocking stuff. Like yeah, it was like a joke thing. Well, it's not about the length. Ken and that's I, been around. It was it was around. Well, I know it's not, our, it's not about it being around. It's the fact that we're the only band in Boston playing out with Thunder Tube. So if anyone wants to get rad. on our it's level, rad. Yeah. they I I invite them and <laughs> but encourage it's really them to cool. get on our level. It's it's kinda cool seeing an object that's been in like a crate in your basement in one form or another, like pretty much since i was i don't know 16 uh you know having its rightful place on uh, stage. let the record show that the host and one of the interviewees are related and Ken, so therefore Ken and all, are, this, all, the, all this brothers, yes. all this all this cross information yes. is, keeping them um, honest yeah it's 
It's thanks for, thanks for sad, Rebel. So I have to say, I, I feel thanks, as though thanks for clearing that up. Yeah, I, I, I feel as though like most, to be clear. most of the listener demographic in this area already knows that. Yeah, I think most because they're just probably. people who know us. <laughs> yeah, but, but when, uh, when I get old and the memory fades, I'd like to remember. Yeah, oh yeah, the, yeah. the good times. Oh, yeah, that that thunder tube, man. That it's fine. It found its right place. It's kind of a. Uh, it's kind of moving actually. Like, I mean, Ken should like know what it is. Like you're the only thunder tube guy in town. Yeah. Yeah, I don't get called. I don't get called to be not, the Thunder not yet, guy. Not yet. Once our new record gets released, people will know what they needed the whole time. I'm hoping they call me in to play the the chair. That was, yeah. What did they mic the? Uh, that so was so really did, my so true did, my, yeah, my true call. We did record a chair on the record. Yeah. Uh, we weird. We, did we no. carry uh, Yeah, stuff? yeah. No, I, I had. Think, a, was it a mallet or was it a stick? Yeah, it was a fake mallet. It was a drumstick with a cymbal felt on it. A fake mallet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think the ne- the next record DIY after this now. is gonna have uh, a lot of two hundred percent increase in chair hits. Oh, uh, what about okay. the? Uh, I'm I'm really yeah. curious to know what Chill House mics the Thunder Tube with. I don't know. I'm not on that level of yeah, a small condenser microphone. That's it. Well, I don't know what it was. Hmm. Yeah, I'm just uh, not something I would ever. Yeah, he just did like a like a room mic type of thing. Think of um. Being prepared to mic, you know, in a studio setting. But anyway, to go back to, <laughs> to go back to the saga, I I just want, was thinking what you started to say before about ramping up from the past like two years, a year and a half till now, because you ramped up literally in size, in volume, and in uh Sorry. like momentum of the band. Yeah, like so, going forward. So like literally all of those things were correlate, you know, so actually it, correlating. It was kind time. of weird because like during the whole time, most of the, most of the shows were still uh, me and Ryan um, as a duo, right? Um, but in the like, shadows, we were kind of working on this big old monster mess, and so like that started around. We played the first show of, of that configuration almost like a year after our first show as like an official like duo and but march of this year yeah and so we were working on in like just really in the space for like six or seven months it took a long time to find all the right people um yeah and you kind of bring them in one by one it's hard to like get a lot of people once it'd be like it was me and it was kumi and it was ken and now we've been the original three and then yeah we're yeah yeah ethan kurt and chris are not here currently at the moment right uh but those are the other three members in the band yeah or well it's 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 a bit rotating we're gonna have lots of people in the band i'm sure over time um and so it's it's kind of designed to be uh whatever the band needs um but it's it is like it, being a power ranger it's it, yeah it's but it's all about finding the people who fit with what you're trying to do and get what you're trying to do and have kind of a different kind of approach i mean like instead of like starting a band where Don't it's like oh we're buds we're in a band we do the thing it's more of like these are the people needed to play like the music we want to do and have like the the mental fortitude and the musical capacity to accomplish that because um, we have a certain kind of and so e- ethan played in the growlers yeah yeah oh, so back, uh, yeah in the past i played correct? with ethan because that's another one of those bands that like was kind of a ship of Theseus thing where like the band that it ended as had like way different people than the band that it like started as. Right. And so like me and Ethan were kind of the 
you know, you have like a regular Third wave. Yeah. We were like the <laughs> Third Wave Growlers. <laughs> we, we, we we were the, the going with the Power Rangers thing. We were like one of the later seasons nobody watched. Um uh, on the contrary. <laughs> you you have a shirt, a growler shirt with just you on it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I've never seen you anybody the face. <laughs> the third wave. My face first yeah. OC45 show was a swing and growler show. Oh. Swing and growler? Swagger and growler. My, my, my case in point. <laughs> but yeah, it no, was me. a swing and growler. Yeah. He was just using that adjective to describe the show. It was yeah. a swing and growler. I thought that guy's name was Johnny time. Swinger. That's loaded. That's very loaded. Uh, yeah, uh, like me, me and Ethan, um, so... Through, like, a, a good mutual friend of ours, like, we met at a party once, and I was, like, the dude who just, like, had a banjo there. And I'm sure everybody's like, who's this asshole? And then he was the dude who had, like, a violin. We're like, hey, this, right. what's up? How you doing? And, like, uh, through that, um, like, when I joined that band, they were kind of going through, like, a transitionary period. And we had some people leave, and they were like, oh, we need somebody to come on. And Ethan joined the band, and we, like, we cut an album with that band, and we toured around for a while, for, like, two years. And then he left, and shortly thereafter, I left. And like we kept in touch, and like he's frustratingly like one of the most musically talented people I've ever met, but he's so not an asshole about it. And so like I've loved playing with him over the past like five or six years now. So like me and Ari kind of in the background were like it'd be cool to get him on. And then you know we got lucky where he was available. Yeah, I think like what's interesting about um, well, I thought he's a good fit for the band is because he has a he has like. A really high level of musicality, but you think of folk, like folk music when you think of like fiddle music. But like what he can do in like heavier aspects and more aggressive things is kind of cool. Yeah. So like most fiddle players I know and have seen and played with like don't necessarily aren't really interested in that kind of avenue of music. They're kind of doing what they do, not necessarily doing really loud band stuff and i mean keyboards kind of the same way it's hard to find like someone who wants to play keyboard in a band that's sometimes quiet and sometimes more aggressive and so we were really fucking really lucky to find kirk yeah. on a craigslist ad kirk, kirk was um, a was a craigslist like yeah so we, tr- we tried out we tried out one keyboard player on craigslist and it was our it was our awful. practice was disastrous <laughs> And I thought everyone wanted to kill me. Yeah, he and brought so, his like, own like monitors and like. It, it was it was very uncomfortable. He was a fine player, really, yeah. but it was just. It's one of those things where it's both the music and the attitude. The so if the, if the attitude, you have to vibe with the person. yeah, if the attitude and the vibe doesn't match up, and so when we had a second person come, like guys, and met someone else on Craigslist who's like plays keyboard and responded, it was very skeptical. Yeah, but it ended it ended up being actually a really. A really cool, really crucial element of yeah. the sound of this incarnation of the band that we just recorded. Yeah, like everything um, that Kirk recorded on this album, like I'm, I'm, I'm very confident in saying that like it sounds that way because it's him doing it. Yeah, like, and uh, would you say it's canon? I would say it's absolutely canon. Okay, good. Not even like book canon or like comic book, video game it's canon. Canon. This shit is fucking a plus canon. I agree. From the source. Yeah. It is the source material. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, the big, it, it's Kirk's really interesting because he doesn't necessarily come from like when we were starting to like source people yeah. to like play with. We were talking about like, yeah, when you go like Assembly outside the, the tribe, it's yeah. like, yeah, there was, I know, there was I, a phrase I, that came up a like, lot. yeah, it's like, yeah, the outside the tribe thing where it's like, yeah, I know like these dozen punk guitar players mm-hmm. who can like play these bands. They're really talented and really good, but we need someone who just like 
is not thinking about things like we think about things. Yeah. And and so Kirk was really cool in that aspect because there's like certain things like arrangement wise that I wouldn't necessarily have considered um, that he kind of brought to the table. So it was cool. Yeah, I, I was um, sitting sitting out with him at one of the more recent shows. And I was just kind of shooting the shit. And he was like, yeah, no, most of the stuff I do, like, at home, I just do, like, pop stuff. I'm like, that's really yeah, cool he, that you, he has, you come from that and you did all this. Yeah, he has some really great home recordings, and he kind of records everything himself. He has, like, all the beats, all the loops, and, like, the vocals and synths and everything. It's really impressive. He's a big multi-instrumentalist, too, so yeah. he can really play whatever, so he really gets what's going on. And he's also super nice to boot. Probably the nicest band. He's like the, uh, probably the nicest band. He always band. has probably the candies. nicest person I've ever liked. Yeah, he, yeah. Like, I've met <laughs> nice. I mean, I've <laughs> met nicer people, but they're usually like annoying. Yeah, Ken, nice. yeah. Ken doesn't Kirk's really like anybody. Kirk's not annoying. I I really don't like anybody. Yeah, but I like Kirk a lot. He's a nice kid. Hi, yeah. Kirk. He yeah, he brings snacks overseas. to practice. He's yes. over stuff. He brings overseas snacks, right peanut now. butter and jelly sometimes. Yeah, I believe he's right. in like Canada uh-huh. now. He, he, he lives no. in Montreal. Yeah, he's overseas in Canada. Oh, he's in Montreal. That did he skip, great St. Lawrence Did he go Lawrence somewhere else before? Or, no. Or uh, he was in China for like a month or something. Yeah. He was, he was in Japan for a little while. I thought it was but he, he's, somewhere in Asia. He's originally from California. Um, I was close. I thought, yeah, uh, yeah I thought I thought I remembered somebody saying something like that. But yeah, but I yes. mean, like, I think the whole thing with the project is we're trying to, like, expand <laughs> our range yeah. musically a little bit. And I he mean, is, like, uh, do stuff we like, but... But he's going to come back and make an appearance for yes. the CD yes, release so, show, yeah. right? Yeah, so yeah. on November Which We can 3rd. talk about that later, too. Yeah, we're, f- we're flying him in from overseas. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we have the baller budget <laughs> We're going to have an imported case player. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, we're our, we are an international band. We are. Yeah, so, yeah um, Actually, happy anniversary. I just saw that our, our Canada trip was a year ago as of this morning. That's true, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a very beautiful country, and we'd love to go back. Yeah. Our plan to go back. And uh, Mercy Boku, Canada. Was that Mercy? The, uh, <laughs> now, are you, are you you're talking about? Are you talking about the touring that you did? Um, yeah. So uh, last, last year, because you did some touring like just by yourself. Yeah, la- well, la- back, last right? fall, uh, uh, me and Ryan uh, jumped in front of the car and crossed the border for a few shows just yeah. because it seemed like a good idea, and it ended up being a very good idea. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so. Yeah, we're just trying to do things that we think are fun to do. Where did um, you Where did you wind up playing up there? Uh, we did Burlington, um, Ottawa, Ottawa and Montreal. In Montreal, which was awesome. Yeah, and we had a really beautiful fall weather the whole way. It was it like was, it was like the ideal nice little. Did you say a birthplace of hype? It was. Nobody knows where that. Burlington. No, uh, Ottawa. Hey, people don't know. That's where hype came from. No, it's the birthplace of hype. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Did you know Dio's from Portsmouth? I I didn't. Well, you should. It's not Dio's Ottawa. from Portsmouth. There also be building a monument to Dio in Portsmouth in the near future. I hear. They better be. Yeah, I yeah. did hear that as well. Yeah, so we'd like to thanks, fully, fully, to Derek fully endorse um, any movement to build a Dio monument in Dio's Portsmouth, Canada. New Hampshire, the home and birthplace of Dio. Dio. Yes. Have you ever like? Do you follow like Dio's Facebook page? No. I'm reasonably certain it's run by his like widow. I mean. I don't well, know. Who else it has to be run by somebody. He's yeah. not alive, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if anybody could do it for me on the grave, I'm pretty, I'm yeah, pretty sure it's run by his widow. But like, but I don't know. You never know. It could I be. Know, like all, well, the, all the posts are like, they're always like tainted with a little bit of like, just like a little like palpably sad. Hey, here's a here's a consideration though. We're not that far off where once you die, all your 
Facebook will have strong enough algorithms to post what you would have posted had you been living. Oh my God. Could you imagine what yeah. mine would be? No, yeah, no. It, if it, I would have like, died tomorrow. I mean, when you think about the volume of data they'll have on you, let yeah. alone they have now, but they will have on you, they could probably make a reasonable I'll, of how often you'd post, I'll what die, kind of things you'd post. I'll die and the next um, day my Facebook will post a status that says, thank God. You know, it's really like you never died at all. <laughs> It would be pretty easy I to bet if you're yeah, still if you're still on Facebook. Consciousness can live I'm pretty on conf- I'm pretty confident by the, that Facebook. if I'm lucky if like knock on wood we're all we're all lucky enough to to live like you know until our like 80s or 90s that absolutely that that will exist. Well, okay. I, I've passed like there will be some sort of like entity of you that is completely digital that that can be compiled after you die that like. You can talk to like an Alexa, but it's like you're talking to your dead loved one. Yeah, it won't really be them. It'll be like a a thing based completely off of analysis I'm, of I'm their not, life. I'm not sure if and there's a really Black creepy. Mirror. There's a Black Mirror episode about that oh, where, sure. they, where they where oh, they I think sure. it's one in the first season. They kind of uh, create a digital carbon copy of uh, this woman's dead spouse, and he comes back to life, but he's a little different, obviously. Yeah, um, because you can't perfectly recreate anything. Right. But it's either yeah. that or like complete social collapse. But I don't know. But it's still I, it's still very terrifying. Either way, either one of those. Yeah, possibilities un- is unfortunately, terrifying. I'm committed to living that long now because I passed the 27 hump. So 27 is the dead rock star age. So yeah. now that I've passed that, Actually, like it's like uh, I it's. Yeah, it's you got you got to kind of go. I'm kind of all in now. You know, <laughs> I, I guess I gotta I, ride this whole life thing. You know, what I think is crazy is that I feel like I feel like I avoided white lighters for a whole year. I'm two year. months. I'm two <laughs> months into. I'm two months into thirty, and I feel like uh, I I haven't done like anything worthy of like I like it's like so bizarrely foreign to me that somebody would be like I have a compl- an entire career be a rock star. And and then like be post career and then like either die or commit suicide or whatever as like somebody like and and, and only be twenty seven like well, you know well, what I mean well, like, I really like I haven't done anything like anything in my life worthy at at thirty even yet hey but I, I mean I I dispel that notion because there are plenty of people who have like resurgences or beginnings at any kind of age and especially now we're gonna be living way too long so it's like it could happen at any time I mean I don't. I think being young is absolutely terrible, and I wouldn't wish it on anybody. It and is, I, I, if if I could go back, terrible. I would not. It although, was terrible. although I, it depends <laughs> on how young. Because like, if uh, if I could if I could like stop time at twenty seven, I'd be okay with that. Like, if I could just stay twenty seven, yeah. like that'd be a good age to like where you have your your like your looks, your youthfulness, and but you're like. You know, old enough to do shit. See, I'm, yeah. I'm ready to skip. Or even, I, even now, even 30, I'd stay right here yeah. at 30. 30 would be I mean, fine. I was, I'd be I okay was, with that. I was always ready to be old. I mean, <laughs> I, I was like... It's the most Arya thing. I was in, I was, <laughs> the I, most Arya thing. That is I, the I, most Arya thing Arya's in, ever said. I was in fifth grade bringing a briefcase and Love newspaper it. to school. Arya, like, know? right after birth is like, I'm fucking over this. I was, I was always ready I always to thought, This is bullshit. Old. I always thought wearing a suit was cool. Really into, like, office supplies. That sounds about Stuff right like for you. Yeah. It's, yeah. Not, it's yeah. not even in the least yeah. bit surprising. There, there's a calmness to walking around a Staples and like the smell of the place. Oh, you know like... that that you know what that smell in Staples does to me every time though. It's a ba- it's the back to school smell. Oh yeah, and it's like every every. But it's year, a love hate thing with the, the end of August. Thing. Nope, no, it was like, always just a pure hate thing for yeah. me because it was like fall's coming. It's getting cold. 
you're going back to school and everything sucks. And that is what that smell will eternally. Every time I have to go into a Staples for something, yeah, those are just the memories that come flooding back. I just used to always like buying stuff to go back. To That's school. always just like, I, you know what I think? The, I think the purchasing yeah, I, 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 of I back to school supplies mm-hmm. was like a. A re- it was like a like a it was a distraction from it. It was I like a retail like it was therapy. Conditioning, you know what I mean? For like getting you ready, it's like breaking your spirit. It, it is. It is fun though. You know, to get a nice new pencil. Case it was fun to be. I think. See, I agree with you. It was it fun, fun to get some stuff and like have a it be a distraction from yeah. like well, like oh I'm gonna get this I'm gonna get this yeah, cool thing for my locker and. I'll get this cool like new backpack, and I'll get this cool. Th- and it was like just a temporary distraction. Yeah, for me, well, I mean, there, there was always that misery that was coming. There was always that like when you go back to school, school like your what you find interesting changes. So like there was always like I'm gonna just doodle in my notebook in class, and this is kind of interesting to me right now. And then the bell would ring, and you're like, I don't want to look at a notebook or doodle. Like I just thank God I'm out of this goddamn place. Yeah, like back to school shopping was always the same way where it's like, oh cool, new pencil case. And all this, and I'm like, this is all. Were, were, were this you, is all me trying to pretend that I. Yeah. Were you a doodler? <laughs> it's just a distraction. It's just a distraction. Were you a doodler? I was that's a doodler. Cool. I have a notebook that's full of drawings I did of robot hands. Oh my god, dude! The <laughs> oh, shit dude, I could show you the doodles. It's the same psychology as Sick. somebody who like, you know, like loses a loved one and then they yeah. go out and buy a whole bunch of new shit. Like, Whoa, was, like, well, uh, sorry, awesome. I just thought that was about the robot hands. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm talking about the. I'm yeah. talking about the psychological like effect of like school back school shopping. It's just like I mean, what it's just, you, what a, it's just to make you yeah, feel yeah, better. Yeah, because robot hands, robot yeah. hands don't let go. That's the key. <laughs> I drew a little like comic strip, and it was this lady who had robot hands, and they were like metal clamps, and everybody made fun of her, and she was like real sad about it because she just had like claws. these pincers. But she was like, one of these fucking days, man, I can like just choke the life out of you with these I, things. I've got some, I've got some claw drawings. I, n- I never is, had uh, enough art. Everybody, made, when we're done, when we're done, I'll pull. Everybody I'll, I'll made fun of her in your drawing, or everybody made fun of your drawing. No, everybody put in front of her in the drawing, and she was like. You guys don't understand that, like, I have these robot hands, but I could totally crush your windpipe with them, and she didn't, which is cool. So you, so you like wrote text, like um, dialogue. I, I'm sure everything? they're kicking around somewhere. They were always like little three-panel comics. That's awesome. I feel well, like I was in like the eighth grade. My brain was not that expanded. I think it's very common for sure. Yeah, I was lucky if I wrote in a like in a journal once. Matt Trainer had his song binder taken away in eighth grade because he just kept writing in class. That's how you know that dude's a hit maker. Just natural. Just he's yeah, sitting, prolific. He's, he's sitting there writing hits all class. So yeah. prolific that it the, 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 like it got com- it got commandeered, yeah. confiscated. Yeah, no, it's it's so that happens, man. Imagine if, imagine fucking if your fucking teacher state. took your your song notebook in eighth grade and then they like wrote a hit and like <laughs> passed it off. As <laughs> hey, hey, wait a minute! He, he like well, I wrote he, that in he eighth got, grade. He got, it, he got it confiscated. I'm sure that's happened before. Well, no, th- but there's but there's I don't think that's happened before. But I mean, it's I mean, you could always. I mean, Statistically speaking, there's got to be at least one hit that like never saw the light of day because of that. I, I don't know. I, I, I listened also to some. Probably it true. might not be a hit though. I remember I recently listened to some. Or geez. maybe we were spared second Hitler because of that. I don't know. Timelines are weird. They are. <laughs> That's a dramatic. Just dropping Godwin's law in the middle of, middle of the podcast. Sorry. I'm drinking my. I'm with you, Kumi. Well, I, I, I see where you're coming from. Well, I, I speak. Well. In in uh, reference to robots, though, uh, the other most terrifying thing I think, besides what we were talking about before with like recreating a person or complete social collapse, is uh, I saw a video today or yesterday I don't remember when of like, but very recently of like uh, the 
like legit humanoid robot things that they started uh <laughs> that they started developing or whatever um that fucking terrifies me like the th- these things can go upstairs yeah the, and like the jump they oh, can jump things? from roof to roof oh we are incomprehensibly like, fucked oh yeah those because things we were sending terrifying. videos of that to each other the other day yeah oh me, me they and, like me you and, can uh, they were and Crystal I mean, have things, been doing that for like six years and yeah, i love Whenever it because these things were these things were literally like on an assembly line like Jump moving, moving box. No, no, no. Yeah. They were moving boxes from one side of an assembly line. I was like, "You really fucking expect any of us to believe that that's what they're going to be used for? The yeah. military and the fucking police are going to buy those to kill people with." Yeah. Why are they End moving people? Like, why are they Absolutely moving head gonna boxes? happen. One hundred percent gonna yeah. happen. Like the the cops are not going to go into anybody's house anymore. They're going to send those fucking things in, and those things are just going to remotely like uh, like automatically kill you. So, yeah. see, but it. I mean, the murder robots are going to be wearing body cams. So see, I'm yeah. less interested oh, in it's like terrifying. murder robots so aspects of technology as in like I think the big thing with technology in my opinion is that people more imprison themselves. I'm not worried about a robot killing you. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now you're getting into some serious yeah, yeah, black mirror shit. Yeah. No, no, I mean I think the re- the reality of like the over tech I mean not the not to downplay technology, but I guess like the 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 great fear of mm. technology is isn't that a robot comes to your house and that kills you, but that your life becomes completely complacent because yeah you're you're trapped in. I, I think I think that this that's a, a nice way to kind of put it was like when we were doing some shows last year, I had two phones and you had your phone set to black and white. Yeah. <laughs> so you can set your phone to black and white because the color is a little less stimulating, so you're less likely to. It's it's less. It's less rewarding of stimulus when your phone's set in black and white because you're not getting all like the color feedback and stuff like that. I just wanted to watch YouTube I and feel like, Facebook. I feel like <laughs> three of the last four episodes I've done have like gone off, gone into some sort of reference to Black Mirror and terrifying like well, you future. Can't, you can't afford it. The yeah. future is terrifying. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't imagine why everything's like great outside. <laughs> no, I mean I think, I mean I think that is a concern. I mean like it just. I mean, I think about that. I think about that a lot. Like, no, that, I do, that, that, that's I something do that too, colors but, how I think about everything. But I'm more, I'm less afraid of imprisoning myself, and I'm totally more afraid of like technology being mishandled, misused. I think that's just where my personal fears lie. Yeah, that's fine. That my, like, my... I see those fucking robots coming. Like, <laughs> I see the military buying, like, spending yeah. like hundreds of billions of dollars on that kind of technology to just totally carry out whatever actions they want but these people will imagine and imagine (laughs) right which is terrifying which is also terrifying i mean that's the the problem the problem i mean so i but imagine the legal gray areas that are going to come up in the future where like legal gray areas are coming up now now we're dealing with like the legal gray (laughs) area as of well now we're yeah right now we're within the legal gray area of like of like what do you do if like someone dies as a result of a police conflict or military. Like, can you imagine yeah. what it's going to be like when it's a robot that yeah. actually did the killing? Well, and then it's like, well, is anyone responsible for that? It's gonna, it's just going to uh, be. Yeah. Well, somebody brought up the point like self-driving cars. Fucking horrifying. Inevitably, we'll have to like run into situations where it's like, all right, well, it's going to be a car crash. What do I do? Do I like kill this person or kill this person? Yeah. Oh, and it's yeah. like, who the fuck makes but, that decision? But, but, but to be optimistic, I mean, the thing is, like, it's just a weird. People have trouble rationalizing where they should place blame, but the reality is that, like, is true is that a self-driving car is 
still less dangerous to people than a person driving a car. That's true. But but the Probably. problem the problem is people. I hope so. Allegedly, well, no, it is. They are because people are just not. People are accident prone. They're not good. So I mean, you have something that's better. It won't be perfect, but it's sounding better. a lot like but a the, robot I mean, right now. But the the question the question <laughs> is like, how do you react when a robot kills someone? What are you, when a human kills someone? It's human error. I'm just saying, like, like people make mistakes all the time. Right, we should like, probably just I don't know phase them out. People. Yeah. Yeah. Just phase out people. We. I mean, well, you, humans will be phased out. I'll start. Yeah, you know, and just like, you I'll know. I'll phase myself Just robo- out. robots forever. It's going to be Wally then. Yeah, I we mean, won't be that, phased. that's cool we too. We won't though. be phased out, but we won't really do anything. We'll just sit and be like fat and sit in the I'll chair. I'll little pets for and the, the robots. And the chair will just That's the around. timeline that I'm hoping like the big pachinko machine of life is going to put me in. I'm fine with that. Just give me like. <laughs> just there's a chair to ride around yeah, in. Like I got my big gulp or whatever. Yeah, the big. And I'm good to Extra large soda. I mean, if technology could yield anything, I wish they could make better teeth, yeah, cheaper. Teeth. Ah, that's kind of actually a very no. But see, but see, what's cool though is, I mean, if you think about how things have radically advanced over the years, it's kind of there's exciting things happening. Yeah, and my crown's fallen off twice, so I, I my my crowns haven't fallen off yet. I, I think I, so. I think I agree. With, so I, so I have to agree with that one. My, <laughs> the best things that happened this year. The second best thing besides, well, not the second best thing, but. In the list of best things, recording this record takes a backseat to getting crowns in my teeth. Because I didn't know how much tooth was not there until oh, yeah. it wasn't there. Yeah. And I'm like, oh man, I'm probably just writing all these songs because all this teeth I'm missing. I'd feel a lot better if I could just feel that security. Were you straight up like, just have? Were you just go like living your life with like nubs back there for a while? With they, no uh, they were they, they weren't nubs, but they were because that they, they had some they had some deep holes. Fortunately, oh, no ru- no root just, canals, that sounds... no root canals. Yeah, that that's that's when you got yeah. Stuff. But you can't you can't have a crown without a root canal. I thought. Yeah, you can. So so uh, if so, a crown would be applied if the hole is too deep for a cavity to work. <laughs> How the fuck did we get and so this? and a root canal would be like if it hits to the nerve. Yeah. So if just oh, your tooth is, I guess maybe yeah. I could have. You just your tooth is fucked up. They can just put a crown right. over it. Okay, cool. But a root canal, they have to. See, like, I ha- okay, all right. But yeah, like, I guess the, that makes sense. but the, like so the whole idea, the whole idea. Like, it's, I never I, really. I found it really interesting it. actually. So the whole idea of the crown is that the reason you can't get a filling is because too much of your tooth is too weak to support a filling. See, mine was mine was. <clears throat> so you had a root the opposite because. Mine was I had several fillings and I had the filling replaced and I still had pain, so they they root canal the tooth and then they just grind it down to a stump. Right. And then they put a crown over. Yeah. It. Well, what they do it's is like they, they, they grind out all the all the bad weird. stuff. It's a little stump. Yeah. But I mean, like our teeth aren't meant to handle the amount of like stupid processed shit. We do? Shit. Yeah, yeah <laughs> probably. Like, I eat hey, ice Swedish entirely fish too much for like eight meals. Yeah. No, it's just like you can't handle that. Yeah. So I floss for like every day for like five years. No. I'm just terrified of my own teeth. No, f- when you when you start like really flossing, like committed. It's... Yeah. Sometimes you can still have all kinds of shit, even if you do that though. Yeah. Like, I've had, I I have a whole mouthful full of fillings because um I just have soft teeth. Yeah. Like I always brush my teeth, took care of them and everything like that. But like my mom and I both, just like our teeth are full of holes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just I left my teeth. That, that's unat- that's I think more common. I was unat- yeah. I was unattended for a long time. Uh, and then I, because uh, I, I remember I had a dentist when I was a teenager, and I showed up in a flatliner shirt. He's like, "Hey man, that's pretty cool. That's that bend. It's real fast. I like that." And he's like, "You know, I was like 
really into Minor Threat. You know, it's really positive. Got a message, and I'm like, oh man, I got a, a serious dentist. Who is this dentist? I forget his name. It's, it's a rad like, fucking dentist. Really though. That's time. pretty cool. But I mean, it <laughs> makes sense. It makes like I'm into Minor Threat. I'm a cool dentist. Like fucking knock me out already. <laughs> So actually, I mean, hey, I'd rather my dentist like talk to me about minor threat than like you know. No, but I mean that's the new generation people going golfing. All like the posy hardcores translating into productivity, productive members of society. There's one kid. All right, let's open these fucking teeth up. There's one kid in the band I think from like when I was really young who went to dental school and is a dentist now. So I mean, it's a big. This feelings for the real motherfuckers, dude. You know how dentists like? I don't know if dentists do it, but like I guess. Some oh, of them probably do. Like maybe they'll, they'll have like soft. They, they have like soft music on in the background, or like surgeons. You know, like they like put on like, classical more music yeah. while they like. That'd be fucking ridiculous. It's just like your dentist just puts on like DYS. I like, listen to like maybe they're more into grind. Iron Maiden put out Firepower this year, but I listened to that front to back twice when I got a cap on my tooth this year. Not super darn. I, you know, see, I, got, I needed I had, something that was loud enough to drown it out. Usually not my cup of tea, but I will say it ripped. I had an Iron Maiden record. Uh, I think it was like Power Slave or whatever it is. I want to say it's Iron Egyptian Maiden. thing. I get Iron Maiden and Judas Priest confused. It's probably one of those two. But it, what, Firepower is the album came out like this year. I mean, I, but all I remember is I put it on at 45. And yeah. It sounded really cool. And then when I took it down to normal speed, I'm like, eh. Like the shredding was really shredding at 45 <laughs> RPM, but like at the regular speed, the Iron Maiden was different. I mean, it. like what's his grandpa like, band? I, no, I, I like some like heavy shit, but Iron Maiden just doesn't do it for me. Yeah. Actually, I'm friends with some kid on Facebook that like sees Iron Maiden around the world. Like he follows them on tour. Yeah, like around the world. That's wow. I don't know if my I just feel like if my dentist was like about to like crack into like a full blown you know filling or whatever, and they just like put on, I don't know. Black flag, like I, yeah. I, I just, I just well, see, it'd be I, I really like King Diamond. It'd be great. I really wanted some to bad religion. Some, yeah. I really wanted to put on some headphones when I was at the dentist because I was under for a while. But like every like fifteen or so minutes, there's some kind of like small instruction, and so I, I, I have a hard trouble getting in the zone. I would always yeah. do just the one ear. Like, it was the only I, so way I could hear, hear them. Yeah. No, but I, I would, I, I would have loved to sit in the chair and listen to something like complete intense focus for like two hours and just like then come up and be like you're good i think i think the the most like i'm i can be very weird about it but like the whole the weirdest part is like when they're like oh so how does that crown feel i'm like i don't know yeah. i'm not used to having those shoes i'm you tell me does it measure correct can you just <laughs> measure it and tell me it's correct yeah I, I don't i don't feel like i went back to get it shaved down a little more because like my bite wasn't right but it's like I don't want. I don't want to make that judgment. Tell me. I want the reassurance of someone knowing it's correct. Yeah. Well, they do that thing though, where they like once you get a a crown put on, and they come out with like the color swatches. They're like, which one of these do you think is closest to your tooth? I'm like, fucking, you've been looking at it for like two hours. I have never. I have never gotten to. At least where I went. I mean, don't get me wrong. They were awesome where I went to, but they were like, okay, you're done. We're gonna put the temporary one on, and then it's like, they're gonna like. Make the actual like porcelain one because you got the gold one, right? Yeah, yeah. So they're you like, have gold crown. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, that that's why your crowns are falling out. Was it was it a really long time ago that you had it? No, I had it this year. <clears throat> oh, they're the same price as the porcelain crowns. The gold crowns last you a lot longer. I don't know. I watched mine being made in real time in a machine in front. Yeah, of Yeah, I, 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 I had that to is some black with, like, mirror stuff. with like, like water. I, I, had, I had to wait for like two weeks for like I got like temporary ones and I didn't know after, they still did that. No, so they do temporary ones, then they give you gold one. But I asked, I was talking to my dentist, and 
were saying well, like I was like I was kind of against having gold yeah. teeth because I'm like I don't want to be that dude with gold teeth. And I'm like, but if you ever want to like it, it, and get I'm like, like a, a job like just doing like the card game on the side of the road, yeah. And I'm you like, totally and have I'm like, like it's not gonna it. cost. It's gotta me, be in the front. No, and they're yeah. all the way in the back. Yeah. And she, I'm like, it's not gonna cost me anymore. And she, I'm like, will this last longer? And she's like, absolutely yes. Wow. And I'm like, I didn't even know they made those anymore. Yeah, it's like normal. It's pretty normal. I wasn't but even. M- most people don't get them because they're like self conscious. So if you have crowns like close yeah. to the front of your teeth. Yeah. I mean, now that I think about it, it's kind of rock and roll to have like the a gold tooth. The gold tooth. I didn't know they even like made gold teeth. You're better off with the gold crowns. teeth. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. I was never offered. I was never. I don't think. I don't think my dentist even offered. You should, it. You should call. You should call your dentist. She's like, I want this crown switched out for a gold one. I was <laughs> not given the full story. Excuse me. I don't know that I'd care about that. I still have the receipt. Gold one. Yeah, actually, I know. Actually, like my parents used to have fillings that were like silver. Yeah, like the silver. Yeah. But that's. I think that's like very indicative of like. But they don't. I don't, think, I don't think they do that anymore. Yeah. No. no uh, well, now you don't need them. Well, yeah. you, they'll do them on like the top one. It's white. So if, if I ever like see pictures of me like, where you can see like the the top row of my teeth from the bottom, it's just all just but silver. We we did oh, play yeah. a show yeah. the day I got like my first like gold crown in, and I was like, I was like getting dressed like before I left the house, and I'm like look at the room like. I can kind of tell, like when I'm like, ah. well, I'm like I go home. like really, oh fuck yeah, look at that. Oh yeah, it's like if you really like cackle, if you like you can't tell, but if you really like let it. Ah, <laughs> like after then, you then, sign like, like an agreement with like, somebody, you just let not, one rip. Which is good. I kind of like it. So kind of like people are like, oh you're like normal guy doing the normal thing. Then it's like, then you get worried. It's like okay, <laughs> it's like I don't I don't think I open my mouth really wide like when I'm singing. I kind of mumble a lot. But if I were to, it'd be like. Ooh, I don't watch think out. I, yeah, I don't watch think anyone out. would ever notice really unless. Well, I want them to. So maybe I'll maybe get some. <laughs> you just gotta like get a cavity on on your like just like don't brush the front of your teeth and get like a cavity on one of your front teeth just so you could get a gold gold replacement. <clears throat> All right, I love that. Good little I segue. The, I love the tent. No, no, no. I love the I love the places that conversation goes on this podcast all the time. But um, I want to talk influences, <clears throat> and I guess it's kind of. It's kind of not that bad of a segue because we were talking Caffeine. about our par- our parents, dentists. our parents' Rotten generations, <laughs> and dentists, and uh, you know, dentists who like music. I guess I'm, I don't know, but uh, I, because there's so many different ones for you, I think you're you're, I don't know how you described it before, a m- loud mis- mishmash of, how do, I don't know, of sounds. I, I mean, I don't know how I don't, I don't know how I we, love it and. I'm I think you some, should talk about I'm it. I'm waiting for someone else to tell me what like our what bands genre are. you are. I, yeah. Well, because like I think the whole thing is like we just try to like. I don't know. Somebody asked me to describe it the other day, and I couldn't. Yeah, we were at Opus, and I mean, the we, door guy was like, "So what do you guys sound like?" And I was like, "Ah, this is a bunch of sad dudes." I know, I know Ken's got a hot take here, <laughs> but really loud, we're rock sad and roll yes. bands. Really loud, sad dudes. We're a rock and roll band. We play rock and roll music. I don't, I don't know though. It's just rock and roll. Thanks, Dad. It's all. I mean, that still, was the most anticlimactic answer. I mean, I don't know if it's rock and roll. It's so, definitely rock and roll. Sometimes it's rock and roll, but then I'm like, we're gonna play all these really slow songs, and Ken yeah, gets mad. All rock, I do, but they're still rock and roll. They're still rock and roll. I mean, ideally, I guess everything should be rock and roll if you're doing it right, right? Yeah. Is that like the theory? Okay. Yeah. I so mean, that's if like everything's rock and roll. Yeah, then so I mean, I guess. In terms of what we sound like, I don't know. It's. Uh... I don't. I don't think I. I. I don't. 
I don't know. Well, you've heard our record. What do you think we to, sound like? No, I don't want you to have to pinpoint a genre. I just want I just want to know, like, your biggest influences for most of what you write, what you've been writing for Coffin Salesman. That's been a that's been co- become Coffin Salesman's discography so far. I don't know. I guess it's kind of like always changing. It's like um, like the first EP was like. I should also probably preface that you are probably the only in or. Er, you're the individual that I know with the single largest record collection of probably anybody that I know. So, well, that's cool. I'm, I'm just I curious. Where, or, well, like, or you, maybe you, I, sh- I should have not spent all that money. It's really hard to move around all those records when you move. <laughs> <laughs> like, I like having them, but I, I don't like moving them. Ninety uh, percent of your moving. Yeah, like pretty much. I, I pretty much. I, pretty I, I could pretty much move. I pretty much drop my whole entire life and move anywhere in like two hours, but it's like it, it's kind of like having a child. You kind of gotta like prepare them, put them in a really safe box, you know. <laughs> a safe, <laughs> a safe box. Like a it's like wait a, a minute, you don't do that with it's kids. It's like a child. You have to put them in a really you, safe you, box. You, you have to remember to poke holes hey, in hey. the lid. How do you travel? How do you travel with your cat? Yes, yes, yeah. correct. Yeah. Right. Is that not so a really what he safe meant box? To say, folks, was yeah, but it's, um, it's kind of like a cat. You yeah, gotta, you gotta put but, it in a box. I, know, I guess there's, I guess, kind of really like safe box. I guess kind of what is interesting musically is different. I, I guess I've in the past like couple of years, what's influenced me lyrically has changed a little bit. From change from what to what? Um. Well, I don't know. I like. Like, what would you have said most lyrically influenced you 10 years ago versus what most, like, when, like, the radicals yeah, started, yeah, so, uh, in, you know, like the versus band now? I used to be in, I used to write a lot of songs that are kind of, like, personal, emotional, not, not like, emotional, sad, but just kind of, like, you know, like, I write the song about, like, me and the things I'm doing and, like, yeah, like, what it's about and whatever, and now, like, with this project, I am not interested in doing any of that. It's kind of like, I like stuff that's a little more opaque or narrative. I think like a lot of the songs we write now have more narrative arcs. Yeah, narrative was to- was like a hundred. I was almost going like, to say like episodic. Like we, like like we like, do have narrative. We have. You're telling either- stories. Well, not the whole time. It's, I, I think it's like. So much more. I think though. the songs get split between either songs that are narrative or songs that are kind of like intentionally just kind of jumbles because um yeah i don't know i've been listening to a lot more like aggressive music and what i find with those bands is like they're not sitting there thinking like oh here's like my four chords and then my chorus and then my bridge it's they're just like like whoever's the singer of that band is like writing all these words and they just squish them into fit but what's really cool is the way they write their words in particular is like super interesting and it's gotten me to think about like Oh, you don't necessarily have to approach a song like this. And so some of the songs on the record are like really old and some of them are really new and some of them had like lyrics that were just a set of things that was kind of shoved into music. <laughs> some have and some, lyrics and some, and some, that and some, are some indecipherable. Had, yeah, and some had music that Yes, yeah, it, a lot of the songs came together in different ways. So I thought like it's I feel cool about like the music we're doing now for that reason. I don't know. Do you find yourself putting, do you find yourself writing lyrics and then <laughs> squishing them to fit 
music that you've already written or music that you want them to fit or do you find yourself more doing it the the opposite way like writing lyrics and then writing music to fit those lyrics uh, you know because that's kind of an interesting concept that well, I've never it's really like, thought about it, well, what's but. weird is like we have a few songs in particular that started at, like so it's I think I'm more inclined we're more inclined to write music first when we're all sitting together playing so there's like one song in particular on the record that we kind of just were jamming on for a really long time and I would kind of just yell stuff while we are playing it, but I didn't really have any lyrics for it. We just kind of, like, played it for, like, 15 minutes. <laughs> and it was, like, this long, fucking massive chunk. And then eventually later on, I kind of, like, hammered down the words I wanted it to be. But that took a really long time. I kept, like, having, like, piles and piles of things. Like, that doesn't fit, that doesn't fit, that doesn't fit. Um, and then other songs I wrote, like, music and lyrics together and then other songs were lyrics first um, yeah so I think it's good to like mix it up when you're kind of stuck I mean some of the ones I like the best had lyrics first um, but no so what was the the longest that you were sitting on on stuff that wound up making it into this record I think uh Drowning in the Wishing Well, the second song on the record, is the song I was sitting on for the longest and the song I also finished last in terms of writing. Because I had that idea for a song, maybe like... It was just open-ended for a while? Yeah, well, it's like I kept writing verses and writing verses and it just wouldn't... Like, I kind of knew what I wanted it to sound like and I just kept... I probably have like 30 pages of that stupid fucking song. And then, like, <laughs> like, I swear to God, I do. Like I like I have whole different choruses. I have whole different verses, and eventually it came to a point like we were just, and that was kind of the first one I showed Ryan and Ken, and that's when it kind of came to be like, oh, well, we need to like plug in. Like yeah. you can't play accordion, maybe I should plug in the guitar. I don't know. So like we'll put things down, and we'll start to like, and so that kind of started us off on that path. Do you so this record? Uh, you guys recorded it at Chill House, correct? Yeah, yeah. Chill House in, in Charleston, and, uh, scenic Charleston, with with Will, with uh, Will Holland. Yeah. What well, do you want to talk a little bit about about that process and uh, it, what that it, was like? It's, weirdly enough, I felt like like we put a lot of work up front into like, or we put some work pre-production up work. Front. You mean? Not really. We didn't really like. Not just practicing a lot. Yeah. Like we we knew our shit. Like when we went in, we were able to. Well, I mean, yeah, that's part of pre-production. Yeah. But but I mean, I mean, like in terms of like, part of we didn't really spend a whole lot of time. So we kind of just went in and did it. Uh, we did like mess around a little bit. It I, I felt good because it was like the appropriate amount of messing around. We weren't planning on having a chair in the recording before we went in. We definitely did have a chair. That was an in-the-studio decision. Right. Yeah. And so it was nice because we were able to do those things. You guys, and, um, did you, you didn't track, you didn't track it live, right? Uh, so what we did or is we, we tracked uh, the bass and drums all live. So it was just me, Ken, and Christopher Jackson on the bass guitar. Uh, we uh, spent one day and got all the bass and drums for the record of that day. And a couple of the, the scratch cards we ended up keeping, uh, shockingly, from what I played. But, um, 
yeah, so we kind of went in as kind of like a bare bones unit, then had people come in to kind of fill in all the bits. Uh, but no, it, it was it was good recording with Will because um, I'd recorded with him previously for another friend's project, but I just kind of like showed up one of the songs uh, for Squally and the Seltzer Orchestra. Uh, we recorded the EP. That whole thing is so. We good recorded the EP right? in half a night, though. It was like. I was really happy with how it came out. It was really fun. We My did it over there. My so hungry. Yeah, props to Squall. I hope he's having two pounds of candy Shout corn wherever he is. Yeah, uh, but the candy um, corn people. Oh, yeah. I'll never get it. Uh, you, well, they get the smack. It's, it's, it's honey people. distilled. I, 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 we'll come back to it. We'll come back to it after. But um, I think what was good about working with Will is he kind of like, we have a lot of different elements kind of that we recorded and he's able to like whip it into shape which is something like i'm used to kind of like micromanaging stuff except i'm not good at it like for recording purposes so it's good to have someone who can be like okay you have like these two thousand fucking things but i can make it fit yeah i think sometimes it's stuff like that It's, it's good sometimes to only have one hand on the wheel yeah and so it was kind of like yeah so like it was it was very kind of like seamless for the most part, but um, no, it was a we had fun. I think yeah, it was definitely. Yeah. How long they, were you in there total? Uh, we uh, there was no window, so it's hard like, to tell. Like we did um, we did maybe like we did like a few sessions kind of spread out. So I think yeah. overall it probably wasn't more than like four or five sessions, like for recording. Um, and the mixing was pretty fast, but it was. Uh, I do yeah. have to reveal that uh, the the vinyl which I've previewed sounds pretty awesome. Well, thank you. It's, very it's much. gonna be well. I mean, it's just it's cool. Like it's gonna be, uh, it's it's gonna be. It's gonna be sitting in my basement for the next ten years. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It's, I, Here, I, you throw this away. It's gonna be uh, well received. I think. People are gonna dig it. It's it it's weird, really like good. holding it. It's kind. I got to hold it for like the first time, like five minutes ago. It's kind of crazy thinking about how few people have heard it. Yeah. Like in yeah. my mind, I'm like, oh, like, like who even cares? Like, like we've been done with like, it for yeah, a while. We've been yeah. done like, with it forever. These songs, we've had these songs, point. we've played these songs at shows and stuff. But like, a lot of people probably still haven't even heard the band live. Yeah. And a lot of people that have heard the band definitely have not heard the recordings. I mean, it's yeah. like, and we don't play all the songs live either. Like, yeah. And we've just started to like incorporate some songs that we don't play, because um, there's some songs that are more solo based on some the record. B-sides, yeah. some it's not B-sides. B-sides. It's more so like uh, the record's kind of designed intentionally in a way to like flow the way it flows. Um, hopefully, it comes across that way. I don't know. It might not, but uh, like so, there are some. Yeah, I like to think of it just as a record. It's not like, oh, they're like, like that. It's not like the one solo acoustic song to end out the record. It's really like touchy and anthemic. It's more like the opposite of that. Yeah, that stuff's all mixed in. Yeah, we kind of just, we had, there's the music and there's the music and that's it. And so it's like, not every person plays on every song. Yeah. And, that's, f- and that's how it's going to be. There's a definite through line through it all, though. Yeah. There, 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 there was an idea for this record before the band started for sure um when when ari so, was like doing all these songs there was like different kind of configurations as this 
And you think of like a picture of a cell dividing, like when it was going from like like me and Ari doing like the acoustic guitar like accordion thing to doing the full band thing. There were like some songs that kind of lived in both spaces, and kind there's of transferred over. Still do. And there's some songs still do, but there were like when we were talking about like how this was going to be recorded, and this being kind of our always just Ari's baby, like okay, well, how are we going to record this? And they were like, okay, well, this would fit on this, this would fit on this. And I was always adamant, like, no, but this song's from before that I really like. He's like, no, these ones are going to be on this. And I was like, okay, cool. And then when I heard them all together, I'm like, oh, that's why. Yeah, so, like, we do have a bunch of other songs that, like, I've written that I want to record at some point. But, like, this uh, specific record was designed to be what it is. It's definitely taken a shape I didn't think it would take. Um... Because origi- I mean, yeah, sometimes uh, it originally has to just when sort it's, of do its originally thing. when it started, like when I did that first EP, it was intended to be like a quote unquote solo EP, you know, like right. playing my acoustic guitar, not punk guy playing acoustic guitar. It's real nice. The song's pretty good. I mean, I like a lot of those records, and like that's kind of like what I was. That's kind of the space I was living mm-hmm. in at that time. Yeah. Um, and then, but I always had this. I like I remember me and Kumi were hanging out talking about it, like while we were practicing, like doing our duo practices. I was like, yeah, well. Like, before we, we recorded it, it was done, and before we put it out, we were like, hey, like, I was thinking. I wanted to write, I always wanted to write, a, like, if I was doing, being a solo artist, I wanted to write a record called Coffin Sesame. So, I was like, oh, that's, like, a badass name. Do I always want to do one record that's just mean, like, nothing nice, like, nothing, like, happy, just mean, well, completely. And we were talking about it, it's like, that'd be a good name for, like, project and i kind of yeah. back and forth i was like ah do i want to like not not have like a quote like to me it's still like just a project that fits whatever i want it to fit but um like in a very collaborative way but it's still designed that way do it's like do i want to do that or do i want to be like the solo guy and we kind of went with he spurred kumi spurred me on to do the kind of project-based thing and now i'm much happier for it it felt like the right thing to do did you feel like the name just was better as the name of the whole band as opposed to being the hypothetical name of just a record well i yeah and so i think it's cool is because it works as like a solo moniker and it also works as a band name and i've showed up solo to to shows where people like oh i thought the band was coming on i'm like not tonight you you didn't pay their guarantee (laughs) they're not coming (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you already paid the door charge, so I don't. Have to but but, but I mean, I I like that. I like like to me like I don't feel like any variation of what we do is lesser than right one variation. Yeah, of course. So like, we, we we've played like with six of us more acoustic based, and it works. And like we've played like four of us, five of us. Yeah. Like, I don't think there's any right or wrong way to play the song. Yeah. It's like however you feel like playing. It's, I it's hate like, to use the word like scalable. But it is like infinitely, like you can have as many or as few people, and those songs kind of fit in. You yeah, know, so, so either, I mean, the songs are way. recorded one way, but then the they're way kind of versatile up. enough to yeah. spread across. Yeah. So like, like if you go to like, you know, a, a show at one spot, you know, it might be kind of scaled down. Like we played a tavern in the end of the world recently, and that's an awesome space, but it's like a smaller kind of very intimate little corner you're in, and so like we played with pretty much the full band because KCUF was playing. We got there, and we're like. Right. Isn't everybody going to be here? Well, let's just do that. And so uh, we ended up playing with like, most of the full band, but it was kind of like scaled down and like a little more kind of like plain kind of junk kit and it's like stuff like that. Yeah. And all that stuff fits. Yeah. So like it could be Aria or it could be like Aria and me. 
or like it's malleable yeah, to the space like, that you're in. Yeah, and, yeah. and I, I don't, I just don't, I don't think any of those versions are lesser. Uh, we just have a version of what we're doing right now. They're all we, canon. And so, <laughs> is that your favorite word? I love it. <laughs> My favorite insult is saying that things are non-canon. So, do you feel like? Uh, <laughs> Like candy corn. Candy you, corn is absolutely not canon. Do you feel? Get out of my house. <laughs> do you feel like uh, the uh, the record is the mean record you wanted it to be? Like Jesus, at the end of the I day, that, that, that's a good question. I mean, I do. I am moderately concerned that it's not as depressing as I hoped it would be. <laughs> like that—that that was my one concern. Like I'm happy how it turned out. I am slightly concerned that I like. Wished it was a little more depressing, but it's okay. What is what is the? But track? it's not. I don't really think it's depressing. Yeah, it's it's. Well, there's a difference between depressing and you said mean. Yeah, so so like I think the whole thing is like we don't want to be like, like I I think the big difference between like a sad depressing record is it's like sentimental. Like for things to be sad, there's like a sentimentality like. Thing right. being sad, like, right. and I've always liked that in music, and so this record, it's like, it there's downers and then there's more upbeat stuff, I guess. I don't know, but it's but it's, it's not mean. sentimental. But but it's it's not sentimental. So there's like an intentional, like, I don't know. It's like a disconnect there. Yeah, like, well, from it, the, uh, well, I don't know the the subject matter. Like a disconnect between the subject matter and the emotion, the sentimentality that one would assume would go along with it, maybe? Well, no, it's instead of, like, instead of sentimentality, you're just going for, like, that really base feeling that you feel all the time. I mean, I don't know, I think the whole thing, I mean, the whole, pretty much what the whole thing I was trying to strike with the record is that everyone's really close to cracking at, like, all times, uh, like, and so... You're on the verge of like the edge of the cliff all day, and no one is talking about it ever. And you just like act like everything's cool, and it's not cool at all. Um, that's like to me that to me that's what I interpret the through line as all these songs. Though. Not to be like too, to be not super specific about it, but that's right how I feel about that. Right, like I was listening to like um a radio program, and they're talking about the fucking. The Call of the Void, or whatever you have heard about. I've had the Void blocked for years. No, so so the Call of the Void is this feeling where if you're standing on the ledge mm-hmm. of like a building, you, you feel oh. the urge to jump off. Oh uh, yeah, and like yeah. you don't know, what, like normally very happy people just feel like the urge to like yeah. jump off buildings. Well, I've I've heard before that it's like, hey man, maybe that's what vertigo is. It's not that like you're getting dizzy at a ha- tall height because it's like oh you might fall. It's because your brain's telling your body like I know you know you can do this. This is me, like, getting you woozy so you don't. Yeah. No, I mean, that's pretty much what that is. And there's, like, a scientific explanation, like, back that up. But, I mean, I think the whole thing they ended up talking about was, like, intrusive thoughts. Yeah. And, like, in your day you have, like, bad, bad, bad thoughts. And, like, it's not okay to talk about your bad thoughts. No. And so... And I think there's something, you know, like, the... the Records named after like the American Burying Beetle. I think there's so that's every, what, okay. So that was what I was gonna so, ask. So, 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 next, so, so, I mean, after you were finished, it's, it's, I'm assuming it's a Latin phrase, but I was gonna ask the what, whole, it, what it means. There's something it's very the whole, like American about whole, a lot of these songs. It's the whole pursuit of like, like you're always running away from bad thoughts, but I'm kind of just like, this is running towards your bad thoughts. This that's what this is for me. I kind of like I like 
What fuck it? What like, does it? It pisses me off. The the name of the album actually translate to. What is so Nicrophorus Americanus is the uh, the scientific name for the American burying beetle, and so the American beetle. Okay. The American burying beetle um, is a beetle. It's actually one of the very few insect species that stays around to care for their young. But essentially, um, the mates fight for dominion and whatever. But once they mate, they lay their eggs in the carcass of the dead animal, in which the offspring, once they hatch, will feed. Yeah. So it's just, aren't there lots of bugs that do that? Uh, th- there's more than one burying beetle, but um, there's very few bugs that stay around to care for their young, and they're also nearest things. I don't know. It's it sounded right to me. Yeah. I, I was uh, playing a show in Albany, and I was at their um, I was at the New York State Museum. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's all free. You can just walk around, and they had that that little snippet on that on the wall. And it just really stuck with me. It was maybe like two, it was like a year and a half ago. I was like on the road like by myself. And yeah. like I was just walking around, I saw that and it really just something about it just stuck with me. It's just that and scene from Frank Bueller looking felt, at the painting. It felt right to me mm-hmm. with Is it window. only found in America? Or North well, America? Well yeah. this this uh, that species this species is specific. So wait, does it kill and, and they are the endangered. animal that it lays its eggs in, or well, does it just I mean, find a dead animal? Well, it would find. It normally finds carcasses. Uh, I mean, beetles okay. don't really kill like well. Well, I wasn't sure if it was like they killed another in like large insect. I don't know. And they but they also die out every season, so they only live to be like right to the next. Well, season. it's like two sides of a coin. There, there's like there's like the more like the kind of like morbidness of like them like using a a carcass to like spawn and like but then there's also the like the fact that they take care of their they stay together yeah. for the kids there's they a stay dual, together for the kids but there's a duality in the corpse of something but, but there's the, a duality but the, there but there's the people like, who, the people who stay together for the kids are also almost extinct yeah. so there i mean right. yeah there's there's a lot of roads many you go layers, with that yeah. not, <laughs> however you want to say that fine with me uh that it's uh, it just clicked in my head and then i couldn't get it out of my head and then that's it i don't know it's just, so I ran with it. Might be pretentious as fuck, but I, I ran with it. All right. Uh, well, so say that. Say the full name of it again. Necrophorus Americanus. Necrophorus Americanus is the name of Coffin Salesman's new record. It's going to drop November third. Third. At um, Old Pub. Well, it'll be avail- available uh, to the masses on November second. But we'll be playing our record release show November third at O'Brien's Pub. Record release shows November third, O'Brien's Pub in in uh, in Alston. You can pre-order the record online right now. Uh, that's true. Coffinsalesman.bandcamp.com, mm-hmm. and that's like that's the main yes platform you use for yeah for it. Um, and we'll begrudgingly put it on I Spotify. I wonder if there's a coffinsalesman.com for, for, for all you plebes. <laughs> and, <laughs> it's like owned by an actual and, uh, Kirk is coming down from Montreal for that show, right? Yeah. So so we'll have the full full band. Before the full band breaks up, and we have a new full band for the next record, just like so, the Beatle, just just like the Beatle, yeah. just wow, this yeah. So, so I mean, like, I mean, we have a bunch. It's of It's all songs. very, uh, yeah, very, very telekinetic. Yeah, it's all very connected. Well, whatever, whatever you want, we don't want to give it to you. <laughs> uh, is there any other shows coming up that you want to mention? Though? I think that's besides, the, that's the big that's one. That's the big one. We're that playing. is the big one, sure. and then. Uh, the, actually, the, the the day after oh, the yeah. re- well, the day uh, 
the, yeah, well, there's a couple. So the day after the record release show, we're also playing at Winter Hill Brewing Company in uh, scenic Somerville, Massachusetts. On November, for, on November 4th. On November 4th. So we're doing kind of a stripped-down version of the band on that show. Well, see, there you go. That's perfect. You can get the best of both, both, worlds. both ends of the yeah. spectrum that Coffin Salesman has to offer. You can check them out November 3rd. Their CD release show yes. at O'Brien's. You can and also delicious beers available at both venues. Yeah. yeah, and you can also check them out uh, the very next day, November fourth, at uh, Winter Hill Brewery. And then we'll Company. also be playing Thanksgiving Eve at Uncharted. I want to lock Lowell. down that holiday. What Thanksgiving? <laughs> no Eve. Thanksgiving Eve. Yeah, so Thanksgiving. It's Eve, a great night for shows. Yeah, if, if you don't know, if you've never been to a show on Thanksgiving Eve, go. <laughs> what the fuck go to some show. Like we would like you to come to our show, but just go do a show and you will have a really nice time. Because no one bar wants to be at home that day. Go to a bar, talk to a stranger. That's what you need to do. I should probably do that anytime. Um, that's good advice for any, for any show from any band, I suppose. Go to a bar, I think it's talk good. to a stranger. Go to a bar, talk to a stranger. I think it's good advice just for like your life in general. <sighs> go to a bar, talk to a stranger. Don't drink in Tinder. Go to bed. No. <laughs> Those are like my three favorite pieces of advice. Don't drink in dinner. Go to hey, bars, well, talk to strangers. When you go to, when you go to bars alone, really interesting <laughs> things happen sometimes. Yeah. Not all the time, but sometimes. Sometimes they do. This is a, I've like, had interesting things happen. Should have hung out clause where it's like all the fun stuff happens. Or there's like the I should have left like two hours ago. Yeah. I mean, for every like 15 should have lefts, you get a should have hung out. That's but, worth it. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, either way, um, Coffin Salesman, you can check them out. At their CD release show November 3rd at O'Brien's. Nicroforus Americanus is the name of the new record. Uh, you can pre order it now on their Bandcamp. And uh, after their release show, I'm assuming you can get it in person. Yeah. Uh, I'll bike it over to your house in the, anywhere in the greater Boston area. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for being on, guys. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you. All right. Um, I'm going to edit this, but uh, if you want to give me. To like, because on the Bandcamp, there's only one track available. Yeah, I'll, yeah I'll give you another. If track. you want to give me access to a couple of things that you want me to play on either, yeah. either end of the interview, I always do that usually. Yeah. So I'll intro, I'll do an intro myself at home and then play a song, go into the interview, and then do an outro yeah. with the song. Sick. Um, yeah, I can just, I can, you know. So yeah, pick which ones you want me to play, and I'll just edit my, I'll just intro it on the awesome. way out. Thanks, dude. Um, Cool, yeah. This is Thanks. awesome. Sorry. I didn't want to, like, it, it, it's We talked a lot about dentistry. Yeah, it's getting an hour and 15, so I, like, usually try to cap it around there. Yeah, no worries. Uh, that was awesome, though.